Insurance. We all have it. Health, travel, transport, infrastructure, life. There's some kind of cover for everyone and everything. And to top it off, insurance fuels innovation and growth in the global economy by reducing the risk associated with action. Today, the insurance industry faces its own call for action to innovate. It's believed the industry will grow by 1.4 trillion US dollars in the run up to 2025, despite threats of global recession. But to be a part of this growth story, insurers need to take a data-driven approach, using technologies like artificial intelligence and cloud computing to seize new opportunities and give customers a more resilient product in a fast-changing world. I'm Anisha Tank, an investor, broadcaster and coach. Welcome to this Accenture Enterprise Transformation Podcast. In this series, I talk to leaders from Accenture and their partners. Together, we explore data-led transformations across industries, from the insurance sector to telecommunications and the industrial. We look at how cloud is the enabler, data is the driver, and AI is the differentiator, and how, combined, they're the essential ingredients of building the future enterprise. So for this episode, I'm joined by Ryan Kim, Group Chief Digital and Marketing Officer at FWD Insurance Group. Ryan's objective is to achieve FWD's vision of changing the way people feel about insurance through digital disruption and brand and marketing innovation. I'm also joined by Jean-Claude El Sabag, who is Managing Director and Financial Services DLT Industry Leader at Accenture. Jean-Claude, who's based in Sydney, leads the data transformation programs across financial services and and communication, media, and technology, or CMT, industries. A warm welcome to both of you, gentlemen. Jean-Claude, thank you so much for joining us. Do you want to just take a moment to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Thank you very much, Manisha, for that introduction. I am Managing Director within our Applied Intelligence business, um, and I lead Data Transformation. For the last uh, 25 years, I've been living and breathing data, whether uh, as a consultant or as a practitioner in the industry. Um, And um, I'm lucky and privileged now to have the opportunity to help clients across our growth markets to transform using data and AI. Okay, well, we're lucky and privileged then to draw on all of that experience and knowledge. Thanks so much uh, for being with us today to have this conversation. And Ryan, who's joining us from Hong Kong, from FWD Insurance Group, tell us a little bit about you, what you do, and how you get people to change the way they feel about insurance. Thanks, Manisha. Uh, I look after uh, digital uh, as a group chief digital officer. Within FWD, uh, uh, digital team actually covers um, both digital platforms, uh, digital strategy, um, uh, as well as uh, innovation and data and AI. My other hat uh, as a chief marketing officer, uh, we do also cover uh, the digital marketing sector, which is quite related to uh, this topic. So I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation Great stuff. Great to have you here. Okay, Jean-Claude, let's begin with you. In Accenture's report, Insurance Revenue Landscape 2025, Innovate for Resilience, the company researches what insurers can do to take advantage of new revenue opportunities and how they can retain customers seeking innovative digital offerings. So so what I want to know from you really is what are the forces driving the need for reinvention in the insurance industry? You know, I suppose there are things like customer trust, value of the current offerings. There are opportunities here for convergence, but you're the expert. Perhaps you can share your thoughts. Sure. Thanks, uh, Manisha. Uh, Of course, the insurance industry is like um, a lot of other industries going through a lot of changes and uh, a lot of pressures as well. 
Um, uh, as you said, in, in our industry, we were lucky to prove some resilience as well, because um, even um, uh, with all of these pressures, we do expect the industry to grow by 1.4 trillion in the next five years. Having said that, that doesn't take away the, the increased systematic risk um, uh, as well as the, uh, the capital requirements that's going to be coming to the industry and the challenges that these two would bring to the return on equity of the organizations as well as the profitability of the organizations. And, and you, you parallel that with, with changes in the market and in the customer behavior as well. We have here customers who are facing heightened uncertainties, customers who are questioning the value of, of the current offerings. Um, um, th there are research as well that showing that, that our customers are losing trust with our insurances and insurers and, and how they're going to be using the data responsibly. Um, there, there's a bit of an opportunity there as well, by the way, because at the same time, customers are willing to share more data um, if they see that they're going to be some value that they can get out of the insurers if they share that data. Um, but that, that doesn't take away the challenge. And, and you've mentioned some of the, the, the uh, convergence opportunities in the industry as well. So what we're seeing is insurance, health, wealth management ecosystem, they're sort of converging to sort of create new innovative products that as well bring uh, a bit more um, challenges to our incumbents. Add to all of that, the AI and that kind of transformative technology um, that it's sort of bringing to the industry. And uh, you're talking here, a lot of new entrants are actually using that um, uh, to challenge the status quo, to challenge our um, incumbents and put a lot of pressure on, on uh, uh, the current insurance uh, carriers to really reinvent themselves to be able to survive in the future. Yeah, well, I have a sneaky suspicion that we're about to hear a little bit more about how a company responds when that disruption happens. Ryan, let's bring you in then, because I want to understand how all of this works in practice. Obviously, Jean-Claude has shared some of the challenges and what lies ahead, but then how do you respond in a pragmatic way? FWD is on this major drive, isn't it, to be a customer-first, AI, cloud, data-driven, digitally adept insurer. Uh, how did that vision come about and, and why? At FWD, our vision is to change the way people feel about insurance. And then we seek to do uh, this by creating a fresh customer experience and with easy to understand product and supporting by digital technologies. And how do we actually do this? Um, without understanding the customer's needs, um, it's going to be very difficult for us to actually come up with the right product and services. So um, to meet our vision, um, we put customer in the center of everything we do and and. And, and in order for us to actually deliver these uh, objectives, uh, um, for the past couple of years, we've been actually investing quite heavily on setting up the uh, foundation or infrastructure. So when we talk about AI and data, um, you need to actually have a certain prerequisite infrastructure to be able to actually support those goals. And and the last two years of our journey was to uh, set up the right infrastructure, such as a data lake that captures um, uh, customers' uh, data. 
And the key success ingredient here is once those infrastructure has been set up, then how do we actually marry those data points together to be able to actually understand uh, the real customer needs as well as um, the um, you know creating the right insight for the people who pro- uh, create those product from our side. In the recent research, um, the IoT devices worldwide is probably around uh, 15 billion at the moment, but it's, 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 it's going to grow up to 29 billion um, uh, by 2030. So there will be more data data point for us to uh, us to digest and understand and when you actually have the right data infrastructure such as a data lake um, you you are finally able to actually um, um, provide that type of presentation to your customer because you will be able to understand customers uh, uh, and the behavior in their like a, uh, such as web browsing uh, patterns and then also type of information there are uh, the customers actually sort of uh, seeking for in the uh, the channels. You should be able to understand uh, the real time customer needs and be able to actually repackage that and and respond back to customer in the real time basis. So we are uh, at FWD heavily actually working on this area and in in our like a uh, uh, e commerce sector we're we're leveraging AI to actually drive those uh, you know personalization. And also we have a various different types of like a global technology tool, such as a Google analytics, um, to actually capture those customer needs real time. Uh, an important thing here is, uh, we are actually leveraging the AI to actually produce the, the real time, uh, intelligence to both customer and our internal uh, staff to be able to come up with the right products. Thanks so much for that, Ryan. You know, as you were speaking, the word that kept coming to my mind was flow. But in order to do that, you need to flow with the times, you need to flow with your customer needs, and you use the various tools that you have available to do that. So Jean-Claude, we heard there from Ryan about the vision, the reason for it, but perhaps you can expand on what the overall benefits end up being if you have that approach. Um, and, And what is the impact for the industry by having this approach, being responsive, having that element of flow? Uh, it is interesting. Um, you mentioned flow, and then uh, the first thing I was thinking about is th- there's no such thing as a standard playbook for for organizations to go through this reinvention or through this transformation. Um, I guess that there are some some typical things that, and, and I liked what Ryan was saying because ba- basically they chose uh, some processes to reinvent and then sort of get the outcome from that. And then based on that, they've learned and, and sort of looked at others, uh, other reinventions. And the other piece that I've picked up as well is all of the, the the customer impact and the value they're sort of providing to the customer. And I think that's, for me, the, the biggest value that they will come to the industry is, is the ability to be able to uh, look at the core processes that uh, of of each carrier, or the, the if we pick up each insurance uh, company by by themselves, and they sort of look at the main two drivers. Sort of, you know, how can I um, um, get growth happening at a quicker uh, pace, and and at the same time, how can I optimize my operations, whether through the claims or even IT or HR and all that, and how can I reinvent these processes? For them to be um, um, AI driven or the AI at the core of it, there may be two ways of us doing that. There may be a way to go and say, "I'm gonna go and and rethink everything. I'm gonna go and rethink my model. I want to go and rethink my organization and basically throw everything up in the air and redesign the organization." That is probably a very hard path, by the way. And and this is where startups would think like that. And this is where, you know, where they go and start thinking AI first in everything. 
or they can go and do what probably FWD and Ryan was explaining is how can I think of um, uh, processes by itself and reinvent that, whether it's the flow through the customer journey, whether it's the flow through how IT provides services, how HR provides services, how do I do my claims, look at every single one and see how can I reinvent that where AI is the core of it. Um, the, the the thing, and, I, and I'm, I'm a strong believer in that, the thing that actually allow us as an industry to do this uh, even easier than other, organ- other industries is I strongly believe that insurance is, is founded on the principles of data. If you go back to the basics of insurance, you know, uh, when no one talked about data science, insurance was based on that. You know, you, you start with an insurance, uh, or insurers do, do use the concepts of probability, of, of statistics. And then from that, they want to go and mine the insights and intelligence to be able to, to, to use that from the data to predict the occurrence of future events. And based on the future is that events, they decide on how, what is the optimal course of, of, of action, sort of, you know, uh, providing the claim and all of that. So, so that concept is, is already there is how do we take that concept to that next level of us retransforming what we do using AI? in that concept. That's really interesting. I'm so glad that you brought that into context because it's true, isn't it? I mean, this is the ultimate data-driven business in a way. Um, And you raised this question about how do we do it? How do we make these adaptations? How do we innovate? That's exactly what we're going to talk about now. So now I want us to focus on this technology-enabled transformation and how it actually happens in practice. Ryan, let's bounce the ball back to you. This sort of transformation is not easy. It's not easy ever to make change and to get organizations to change and teams to figure out how they're going to do something in a completely new way. So can you tell us a little bit about your transformation journey? How do you get everybody onto the map? And what are some of the challenges that you faced? How have you actually overcome them? When I actually got the same question asked about five years ago, um, I was, my answer was basically transformation is um, a separate initiatives. Um, when you talk about the, uh, the overall investment in the digital and technologies, uh, in my view, there are two different buckets of the investment. Um, uh, from, and the first one is the BAU, business as, your, uh, business as usual investment, which is for the cost of the running the business versus the, the investment of the future is the other half. And then transformation uh, was considered as an investment for the future because this was to actually um, um, improve uh, the existing processes and technology sets to be able to actually achieve um, the cost-saving target as well as actually uh, um, adopting the the latest technology to to make things uh, faster and easier um, uh, for the company's perspective. But Nowadays, um, things are actually moving quite fast and, and transformation is actually becoming uh, business as usual. So every year and ev- uh, all the company, they actually have a, a separate transformation team to actually run this. At FWD, the, um, the transformation has been our uh, business as usual <laughs> in all market. Um, um, and every, everyone is actually running towards an, an even newer and more modern digital era. And, and it's it is clear that and data modernization and, and AI strategy are the key to win in this race. Um, so for us uh, to remain relevant and, and in line with uh, or above uh, in this uh, competition, 
um, uh, FWD is um, heavily focusing on the customer um, and their exper- customer experience, and then map that map the technology into uh, the customer journey um, and every single customer journey. Um, so that's uh, that's something that we're actually taking as a slightly different approach uh, compared to uh, uh, other industry players. Why is it important? Because technology, single technology itself, won't be changing um, the way we way people feel about insurance. But when you actually consider um, the customer's behavior and journey and then what they want and how we actually deal with the customer and and, and, and based on that, using the right technology would actually change the, the business behavior um, uh, in this area. So that that's the type of approach we're taking. Um, of course, there have been a lot of difficulties in, in overall transformation journey. And and it's not just for us. Uh, it's, I think it's, it's every single company is going through the same same sort of difficulties and challenges. And 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 as a heavily uh, regulated uh, industry um, of the financial services sector, well, uh, I think uh, uh, we, one thing we actually need to do more uh, in this uh, industry sector is uh, focusing more on the compliance concern, and 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 we need to uh, we need to actually have the rules and and meet the regulatory requirements in in all market. So. Meeting the compliance and, and regulatory requirement while we are actually doing something new in the AI and data analytical area, it's always uh, um, quite challenging, but um, well, we are actually meeting all those requirements. That's why when we actually uh, do some uh, AI and data work, uh, we also heavily invest in the data governance area in parallel. Um, and, and that includes uh, the data privacy and governance. So as an example, uh, we have just revamped our uh, data and AI policy and governance uh, in a policy within FWD. And, and AI has been added into um, this whole policy sector as a new new content because um, sometimes without even noticing it, AI could actually make some uh, some decision which might discriminate certain segmentation or customer and things like that. So um, um, it's 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 been a growing concern, but we we have actually started this journey uh, as a pioneer, and and I believe um, that this uh, movement will be actually uh, spread out to uh, different industries going forward. And and I just read an article this morning that uh, one of the big conglomerates in, in South Korea, LG. They have actually uh, published uh, their AI policy to prevent those kind of discrimination as well. So I think it's uh, becoming the global trend. Last not but the least is about uh, the talent. Um, the data talent is really difficult to actually gain. And, and everybody's actually going through the same competition. Um, um, we, we are also um, uh, seeing uh, growing needs in, in multiple market, requesting additional data scientists, for example. And and simply they're not really available um, uh, to meet all, all the demands. So uh, we're seeing uh, people moving from one place to the other and then coming back to the organization. And uh, so um, in order for us to actually keep this talent warm, uh, we, we, we need to uh, be able to actually provide the right strategy and right model and right platform for them to be successful in this whole journey. So we're actually working on, on those areas uh, um, um, as well. Yeah, Ryan, thank you for that. I mean, that's something that your industry has in common with many at the moment, which are going through some kind of transformation. Um, and you raised a really important point there. And I think it was your point number one, and it was basically around responsibility. The more data that you're working with and the more responsible way that it has to be handled and the compliance issues. With that, let me transition into this question for you, Jean-Claude. Because what I wanted to ask you was about what constitutes a successful digital transformation. But it occurs to me that one of the primary aspects of that 
is making sure that that transformation is done in a responsible manner. How do you go about that and then become this future ready company and have this long term value proposition at the same time? Yeah, that's a very uh, interesting question. Thanks, thanks for that, Manisha. And 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 I think um, it's it's very very important um, uh, to to define these guiding principles for the transformation. And and for us to be able to do that, um, um, I believe that the, the first step into sort of building your strategy for that transformation is. Um, to do a, a an internal gap analysis because it's such an important um, transformation that you want to do, and you really want to embed a responsible AI in every step that you want to do. The first thing that you want to do is start looking at where where are my gaps, um, and 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 not only where are my gaps uh, towards you know where do I want to be in the first six months and the sort of the next six months. It's where are my gaps when when between where I am now and what is my north star and 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 based on that sort of start building the plan to basically get me there and because um, I think what Ryan has sort of mentioned around uh, the responsible AI and the responsible use of the data um, it, it's more than just what is the data that I'm using and how I'm using it is how I'm gonna how I actually am um, um, using the outcome of that data. And, and, and am I really um, um, taking all of the bias that sort of the, the outcome of these models sort of to, uh, are producing? And, and even if I am, um, what kind of, um, um, you know, uh, impact will happen when this data or the outcome is sort of uh, uh, used? So, so I think that's very, very important. Um, but if I go back to your original question more around the actual overall transformation and sort of the key pillars in that transformation, um, that, um, and, and then Ryan, you know, you, you've covered it perfectly. Um, I, as an organization and, and personally, we believe that there's three very, very important pillars for um, a, a data, AI, and digital transformation. Um and, and the first one, and this is where we really need to start, um, and that is why, again, the, that gap analysis is very important, is a what is the value that I want to create? To what am I going to go to? To actually, uh, what is my North Star as an organization? And start creating, uh, sorry, assessing um, uh, the value uh, to my client, the value to my organization, the value to my people that I want to create. So, so build that tra- transformation based on value and outcome rather than just transforming for the sake of transforming. That's a, for, for, that's a very, very important pillar. The second part, um, and, and uh, Ryan, you, you covered the technology, but uh, what I'd like to add to that is um, probably the biggest challenge that organizations have are the ability to answer for the unknowns of the future. And, and one of the ways that to do that is to be able to build the right data and AI platforms that can be adapted and, uh, in, in the future for any, for any new uh, advancement, the technologies and all that. And that is why it's very important when we're building these kind of platforms to start thinking about, um, uh, it is, uh, it is, uh, it should, sorry, it should supposed to, 
support an evolved journey rather than uh, just a platform uh, uh, as it stands today. Um, that's where, you know, you need to start thinking from your technology uh, strategy around, uh, am I leveraging the right clouds in here? Am I right, uh, leveraging the right capability that is available? Am I actually having the right R&D with my partners in, in the technology for me to, to be able to start leveraging the, the what's, what's coming in the future? All of that is very, very important part of your platform strategy, of your technology strategy. The third pillar, and I think we're sort of all coming back to that, is the talent and, and the skills and the ways of working um, and the culture that we want to create. I will add, um, um, for me, that there's two very, very important part of it. It's very important to bring the right talent. And, and a lot of times it's not about I'm going to go and employ these talents. It's about how am I really going to create the right ecosystem around me to ensure that I leverage whatever talent is available globally. Um, uh, the second part is, do I have the right culture and the ways of working internally? So once I start getting my data and all my insights available to my business, do I have the right culture for the, for, for the business to start using it as well? So do, do I actually, have I trained my business to be data-driven not gut feeling driven because it, let, let's be honest, there's a lot of decisions that they are made in businesses based on that gut feel. So the part of the biggest, and, and a lot of organization keep on focusing on, um, you know, for my transformation to be successful, I need to have the right platforms. It is a very, very important part, but it is one of three other parts as well. And I don't want us to lose because, you know, 70% of organizations fail not because they didn't implement the right platforms, but because they didn't have the right value in the beginning or sort of the right strategy to get that to that North Star, and they didn't get the right ways of working in talent to be able to help them in that transformation. It does. I think it also outlines that these are also basic, basic human needs, actually, that you're talking about. That's what it boils down to, which I think is quite fascinating. Jean-Claude there was just talking about the right culture. You're in it every single day. Have you been able to put your finger on what the right culture is and how you cultivate it? The cultural part is actually quite a difficult one. Um, um, but I think uh, this is uh, probably because um, um, uh, most time-consuming uh, topic. Um, so in order for us actually um, um, to have the right culture put in place, um, there's a mindset change that you need to actually have uh, from uh, from beginning, and then and also uh, being able to speak the same language um, um, to be able to actually achieve the goal in this area is actually quite a key. So, um, as a part of the transformation journey, we're actually providing that sort of you know the culture uh, and mindset um, um, educated to uh, the multiple markets. We do actually have a lot of people being trained to be able to actually understand and build the right culture. Jean-Claude, I'm sure you have a view on that. Do you just want to pick up? Um, I just wanted to add a couple of things to that because I'm, I'm, I'm a very passionate about cultural change and ensuring that um, uh, data-driven is more than just a tag. It's actually um, a used uh, um, sort of it's a, a used uh, concept within organizations. And, and um one of the things, um, I'll give you an internal example. At the end of the day, Accenture is like a, a more than 700,000 people. And in changing a culture and embedding a culture is a very 
um, um, interesting and hard use case. But um, um, one of the things that we wanted to do is to start uh, ensuring that um, our client engagements uh, are data driven as well. So, so whether it's a discussion with a client or whether it's a um, um, an outcome that we want to give a client, they're all sort of data driven. And uh, uh, what we've done is in the last two or three years, uh, we've actually uh, started implementing uh, a marketplace, an insights marketplace, which is an internal marketplace that um, um, if I want to go and, and talk to Ryan, for example, about uh, claims in insurance um, in um, Hong Kong or China for that matter, I'll go to that marketplace and see what is available for me from a, um, a data perspective or insight perspective. And I can just download these kind of figures, metrics and all of that. And, and even uh, unstructured data around research in that space and all of that and sort of st start the discussion. So so basically culture is is more than just putting a plans um, together, but it's actually supported by the right tools and processes. So in summary, for us to really be able to drive that cultural change, we had to put the plans, but put actually the tools to support our people to drive that data-driven culture. Okay, let's just wrap up our conversation around how you actually make this technology-enabled transformation happen. Ryan, you get the final question on this section. How is AI helping FWD differentiate and distinguish itself? Can you share some examples of why certain products wouldn't have even flourished without it? Sure. With a lot of uh, um, the data points, um, um, it's good. But unless you actually have the brain to work something out using those data points, you won't be able to actually provide uh, the right uh, services to your customer. So as an example, when customers actually submit their claims online and through the digital channels, um, Normally, it took a couple of days to actually process those claims, and there are a lot of uh, human interaction to be to see whether the claims is actually um, claim actually information ha contains the right level of information to be able to actually process this whole thing. But with the AI engine, um, uh, we we have actually um, um, automated this whole processes. Uh, so, country like in Hong Kong, um, customer can actually submit their claims online, and they can actually uh, get the claim payment in uh, real time instantly. So. Um, and, and that's by leveraging our AI fraud detection engine. And basically the fraud detection engine actually uh, look into the data uh, input uh, from the customer uh, from claims application form and actually uh, makes the real-time decision on the uh, the low fraud risk sort of uh, the uh, claims. And, and for those claims, uh, we actually uh, process those things uh, in a seamlessly and, and actually pay customers through their FPS and, and, and any other payment methodology real-time basis. Um, why is it great? Uh, first of all, from our perspective, um, it actually saves a lot of uh, time and effort uh, from uh, the human resource perspective. But most importantly, from customer's standpoint, it's such a great customer experience. And 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 this was actually uh, quite an interesting story to share um, from in, uh, from our side because one of the regulator in Hong Kong actually um, posted that you know um, the great customer experience in 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 one of the social media channel um, a couple of months ago, and which became. Uh, you know, very good motivation for our internal team to actually work on the uh, additional uh, AI model. So that's one example. But uh, also uh, throughout the purchasing journey, um, um, customer sometimes um, it, it's, it's quite difficult for them 
for customer actually understand what are the right product and services for them, uh, especially for the insurance product uh, context, because it's not that simple. Um, and for that, we have been leveraging a similar methodology uh, from the e-commerce players such as Amazon. So, so we we actually do have this thing called the uh, people IQ, and then that's basically providing the right product and services and then relevant product and service to the customer based on their needs and, and our understanding uh, of customer from the various different types of data points we actually gathers. So I, I, I guess these are the two great examples of how AI is playing a key uh, important part of actually uh, uh, as a part of this whole um, the transformation journey. It's fascinating and quite exciting too. Um, let's get into our last topic of conversation, which is around motivation in, in what are very uncertain times. You know, we are talking about transformational technology or technology enabled transformation, but actually the whole planet, humanity itself is going through a big transformation as we think about net zero and lots of other issues that are on our plate. Um, I'm going to get you, Ryan, in a moment to tell us about how you've been dealing with these sorts of things in the boardroom. But before we get there, Jean-Claude, a quick question for you. You work with lots of clients uh, from all over the world, definitely across the Asia-Pacific region. What I'm quite curious about, are, what are some of the, the big questions that you get on this sort of a subject in terms of what's happening in the wider world? Do you hear a lot of concern from C-suite leaders around this topic? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Especially, you know, the the boardroom probably questions are around um, a few main topics. Um, you, you've touched on them. Um, um, one uh, very repetitive questions is about um, um, ESG and and how as an organization be a responsible organization but still be able to uh, survive and grow um, in 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 the future and. If you think about it, that is um, again. I, I believe this is a, a, it's it's part of the core principles of insurance as well, because it's all about how do I be able to uh, charge a small fee to a larger uh, group of uh, uh, individuals or companies for me to be able to support someone when they go through um, uh, this this big disaster. And the idea here is is more around. How can I take this kind of thinking and be able to really uh, be a responsible citizen and be able to really drive ESG at the core of, of my my business? So that that's happening a lot. What there's a lot of discussions that are happening around um, the uncertainty of predicting risks, especially right now that. Uh, if you think about it, in the last um, um, this year, the last twelve months in Australia, we had uh, four one in 100 year floods okay so 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 that brings a lot of uh, um, risk or uncertainty in predicting risk for for things that we thought we can predict that really happened very very fast in one year so so these kind of things are very um are at the core of of now discussions at the boardrooms in insurance companies 
Yeah, it's a reality check, isn't it? I don't want to end on a very negative note. I think there is something very positive that can be done about all of this in the insurance industry. Ryan, you get the final question and you get to leave us on a on a high despite the challenges. You know, we are facing all of these threats. They're existential in nature. When you're in the boardroom, there must be great motivation to help customers manage these really challenging times. How does that align with FWD's aspirations and how does it unlock FWD's potential? And then I suppose the follow through is it, it unlocks the potential of your customers too to be resilient in these difficult times. Oh, that's a great question and also a very difficult question. But I, I, I guess, um, you know, this is all related to uh, what's been what's been happening around the world. So we are seeing the growing uh, the, the protection needs from our customer as well, uh, especially with the COVID pandemic situation. But understanding life insurance product was never an, an easy one for, for the customer. Um, so like we have discussed in the, in the earlier call today, um, we are actually heavily leveraging the AI to recommend the right product and service to the customer um, in a very proactive manner instead of uh, asking customers to sort of like do their own research. We are also educating customer what kind of protection needs they, they need to actually understand. Um, and also we are running, uh, this pro, uh, program called the Clarity. Um, uh, like I have mentioned, insurance product was never easy. Um, and, and sometimes when you go through the product catalog and then also terms and condition, there are a lot of abbreviations and also, and, and terminologies that the insurance sector has been using over decades. Um, so with the Clarity program, uh, internally, uh, we are actually, um, um, working on, um, the improvement of all, all sorts of communication channel with the customer. So all the product related in you know, a brochure and then also communications uh, to customer, we're actually um, converting that into more easily understandable sort of language and, and terminologies so that we can actually help customer really understand what they are actually entitled for. And then also, um, you know, what kind of product and service will be relevant for their protection needs. Um, so that's, that's from the, you know, the simply the customer and then also the product and services point of view. And then uh, like uh, the real time claim engines, uh, the one, the example that I have given you is to actually help customers submit their claim digitally without any human interaction and, and, and receive their real time payment. Um, so all of those technologies are actually helping customers to easily understand the product and services from insurance and protection needs and, and, and leverage our service in, in you know, a very uh, simpler, simpler, faster, better way. FWD is actually committed to actually help the community. Um, and and uh, as you know, the, the digital is part of our DNA. So innovation um, is, and, and, and as well as helping the innovation communities oh, has always been our key task. So um, uh, our innovation team has uh, been sort of helping and supporting the, a lot of, uh, you know, startup companies in short tech and fintech area. And, and we have been helping those company um, in that startup phase um, and, and, and incubating them to be more successful and go through the successful funding uh, journeys. So um, uh, with the product and services and also, uh, you know, helping the innovation um, in a community point of view, um, and we are really committed to uh, change the way we fulfill of our insurance and, and, and meet our vision. Ryan, thank you so much. In fact, thank you so much to both of you. Jean-Claude in Sydney, it's been fascinating. Thank you for certainly drawing out some of the challenges and, and connecting the dots for us. And, and Ryan, you know, all of these 
use cases and examples are really helpful in helping others navigate what's going to be a very interesting journey. I think there's going to be a lot of education going on because there's lots to learn, lots to learn, but it can be done. Uh, and that's it from me. Uh, thank you so much to our audience for joining us for this really enlightening discussion on how data is transforming the insurance industry and how organizations can unlock value with the power of data and AI on cloud. If you have any feedback or questions about this podcast or the topics we've discussed today, you can get in touch at Accenture.com slash AI. That's what you need to check out. This podcast is produced by EI Studios, the custom content division of Economist Impact. I'm Anisha Tank. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.